apologize. Chicken brown cow. Brown chicken brown cow. I love that music. <laughs> it was funny because uh, I had somebody make that. Hey, welcome to Carjack. I'm Cole. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And this is episode three, and we threw this thing together real quick because it's uh, President's Day. Happy President's Day. We would like to. Um, Thank all the presidents out there. Yes, we would. Would we? <laughs> Wait, we would. <laughs> How many presidents were there till? Total? Yeah. Oh, don't do that to me. Oh. So Trump was 45. Yeah, so 46. Okay. Yeah. 46 presidents we give thanks for today. Yeah, so uh, today is President's Day, and so we thought we would talk about presidents. Why not? Um, for one, how about... Our president um, jumped on a jet airplane and went to Ukraine. Um, looks like this morning, as I look at the news, he um, surprised. Surprise! Surprise! Had to use some miles. Yeah, had to go to Ukraine, um, but not a, not to Ohio, evidently. No. You know, so I get okay. Um, but then it is President's Day, so we want to say thanks to the presidents out there that uh, um, have done. Uh, we're going to talk about today, but done things for the car business. Yeah. Directly. Um, and we did some research, and it seems that some people think the presidents did great, and some people think that the president uh, did not do so good. And I'm going to pull up a couple. Um, the top ten presidential influences on the automotive industry um, and this is in no particular order but it looks like um, well the automotive crisis 2008 to 2009 do you remember that Chris yes that's was my first uh, first year starting in the car business it was a great time to come in <laughs> do you remember when before the the cash flow clunkers and uh, all that stuff. Um, when, like, the gas took off and went through the roof. Yeah. And I remember one time I, a guy pulled in and he had a dually. Um, dually. I don't know. I can't remember if it was diesel or if it was a V10 or whatever, right? He had a big old one-ton crew cab dually. And I put him in a Chevy Spark. He, he traded out. Because he's like, well, I don't use a truck anyway right now, so I need better fuel economy. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he and he and he pulled in that and left in that, and it was just uh, wow, you know. Um, and then it was funny; it wasn't, it wasn't, um, you know, a year later, and people were coming back to buy the stuff again. Yeah, because they thought that yeah, a it's gonna, s okay, let's get out of this brand new Yukon because the gas price is way too high and. Uh, I don't want to pay that much gas. And then they realized going from a Yukon to a train that there was no way that they were going to live their life in, <laughs> yeah. in peasantry. They, they tried to do the soccer thing that, that season, and mm. that was never going to happen again. Exactly. So initially it started by Bush as auto sales fell throughout 2008. 
which is during that time we're talking about with the gas prices and whatnot. Um, and then the Obama ordered the, the bailout of $80 billion, which allowed Chrysler and General Motors to address the upcoming uh, crash shorta- cash shortages of 2009. Um, so... Remember the how much money they paid out and, and like did you look up real quick the general general motors never had to pay it back right right yeah they never had to pay it back and when you think about cash for clunkers then this is what that whole during obama time you know um we touched on it a little bit last episode but cash for clunkers was a complete failure um it it did it did not do anything, I think, other than destroy good quality um, vehicles. There was a lot of junk that was rusted out and whatnot, but there was a lot of really nice cars that were destroyed. And that's just at my location that I had to deal with. And I'm, I'm talking to other people I know. I mean, it, it, it's sickening. Well, supposedly, cash for clunkers was to get the bad emission cars off the road right is that what it was yeah supposed to be? Uh, hi, I mean one higher 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 fuel economy or fuel uh, usage vehicles um that was the plan right i mean and well and and it the, the cars <laughs> that people were bringing in i mean it, it, i i almost felt like i was it was wrong for me to be part of it um because of the stuff because i'm a car person you know i i love cars and um but Texas A&M Economist did a, a, a study um, on cash for clunkers. And car sales went up during the program, but they went down by enough during the subsequent seven to nine months that the total number of vehicles sold within that year was less than projected. So it, it didn't work, right? Um, as a result, the total spending... So people were getting, they were supposed to use the um, incentive to, let's see, to buy, they were supposed to use the, to to buy, where, how's it say this here? Uh, The credits to buy smaller, cheaper cars. So the average car sale price went down. And the government spent $3 billion on the cash for clunkers um, program. Right, our 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 dollars, we spent three billion on it, and it reduced spending on new cars. Reduced by guess how much, Chris? Two billion. <laughs> three billion. Oh, so the exactly the three billion it cost, it reduced the amount sold by three billion. <laughs> so that's a wash <laughs> in my book, right? Wow. Um, so yeah, it, it, it was a, hu- a huge failure, and like I touched on last time, um, you know, I even know someone that it actually killed, um, killed them, and um, so then the next one we got the Chrysler bailout of 1979. Now I was born in '73, so being a um, a spry six-year-old, um, my father worked for General Motors, and he worked at the factory in Anderson. Indiana at that time I had like 30 over 30,000 GM employees were in Anderson Indiana um, it was the epicenter of where we all lived um, 
downtown Anderson was exciting. Uh, we had three high schools in the, in, in the Anderson community. Um, state champions year after year after year. It was a thriving community. And um, it's now down to no GM employees uh, in the county. But a casino. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I can remember 1979 um, um, and the – Chrysler bailout at that time um, to pay expenses on their bankruptcy. So $1.5 billion to cover manufacturing costs. So Jimmy Carter did that for Chrysler to keep them from going bankrupt. Hey, the, the people run, I mean, who knows? I, I, I don't know why, right? But people had jobs. And of course, from a presidential standpoint, um, they probably spent money on worse things. So he kept the, one of the big three going. So that's a. I have to give Jimmy Carter his props on that, regardless of who probably didn't want it or said it was too much. A lot of jobs there, you know. Michigan, our neighbor, um, a lot of jobs, and we know Chrysler's courses here now still, and so that would be good. Jimmy Carter. Um, yeah, Jimmy Carter, and the r reason why this one uh, came to the you know forefront because he just went into hospice today at ninety-eight years old. So he's lived a, a great life. They they were doing a couple pieces on him on the news, showing him and his wife at Braves games. He was kind of the president that was um, more of the kind, kinder presidents, more of getting getting along rather than wartime yeah. president. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I wish him the best. Yeah, but um, he's my number one all time worst president. Okay. Well, no, he's number two now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's 98, so he might be falling off the list. Uh, yeah, so, um, and then in Richard Nixon, 1974, I was a year old, so I don't know anything about this, um, signed, which is the Highway Energy Conservation Act. Um, so it gave max speed limits. Ooh, so that affects everybody. So 55 miles per hour became the U.S. roadway max speed limit. You know, remember they were trying to save gas. Yeah, now they're letting semis go seventy though. They are they they're moving that up. To semis 70. can go seventy. With yeah. the flow of traffic. Here in Indiana. Here in Indiana. Okay. All right. So in nineteen seventy, also Richard Nixon uh, created the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, the EPA. So the EPA, you know, they come in to can everything the manufacturers do in miles per gallon and um, how clean cars are. And here's the thing now. People ask me all the time, what are good cars, what are bad cars? And pretty much, you know, like anything, all the manufacturers are making really good products. Um, consumers are reaping the benefits of years and years of um, federal government mandated EPA regulations um, to make cleaner, longer lasting vehicles. 100,000 mile car when I was a, an, a kid was falling apart, rust bucket, right? You know, um, floors rusting out, trunks rusting out. You know, that's not the case anymore. Um, th there are some trucks you see down the road that still are rusting in the same spots and whatnot, but overall, um, cars are better off for the consumers because of some of these things, you know. Department of Transportation was, in, was uh, um, implemented in 1966 by Lyndon Johnson. So all the things we do every day on the roads and everything, um, the everything that we see is, is, you know, a lot of it has to do with Lyndon Johnson. So thank you there, Lyndon. Appreciate that. 
How about Eisenhower with the interstate highway system, 1956? Changed really lots of lives. Because if you ever, right now we're seeing that with the 31 exchange turning into 69 going to Bloomington. And the new exits and whatnot coming up and going down or roads closing. Well, that's what happens on these um, interstate highways. And you can still see them, right? Where you see two roads on each side of the highway, uh, the interstate, that are like, th there's no bridge there. Like Ridgeview Road in Anderson. Yeah. You know, there's, th there's no bridge. The road used to go all the way through there. So it cut people's property and, right, it made uh, farming communities now exits. Um, where you see things getting built up and whatnot. So the interstate highway system, Dwight Eisenhower, 1956. Um, so what is that? Uh, 78 years ago? Maybe, right? You know? Uh, Federal Aid Road Act, 1916. Woodrow R Wilson. What do you think about that? You know... The thing is, with with all of these <laughs> presidents, <laughs> I mean, I I want to know what you think about Woodrow Wilson. Dude. I I'm just saying, back in 1916, it, it's crazy to you know we're 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 going through all of this stuff, whether you remember it or not. Um, it just goes to show you that that the government is is really involved in the the automotive industry whether it be um, now you're seeing the push for electric you know I mean so even back in 1916 and I think we even go back even further to there's George Washington on there um, is there a, a George Washington yeah the National Road Cumberland the, yeah the National Road originated conceived by president to be George Washington in 1784 and approved in 1806 during the Thomas administration the National Road was the largest U.S. road project ever at the time. Construction began in 1811, was completed in 1834, and became the first major U.S. road to utilize um, macadam-style road construction, raised layers of stones bound together with cement agent, which became a major upgrade over the soil-based roadways during that time. You know, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, so dirt roads to actually concrete interstate. It doesn't tell me how far it went. Look that up. The National Road. Wh wh where'd it go from, start to finish? You know, um, because when you say the National Road, we got to also remember that um, at this time that you're looking at, you know, like the the Indiana Territory was just a territory, so it can't it couldn't have gone too crazy far. But it is President's Day. And uh, that's what we wanted to talk about a little bit today. We wanted to see if we could just put something together um, that was interesting. And Chris is looking up. Yeah, it's not showing anything on the... It doesn't tell you how far away it was? No. We got some dead air. President's Day, Daytona 500. Daytona 500 was yesterday. Did you watch any of it? <laughs> you know, I meant to, and then I, and luckily I got on in the last 15 minutes when they kept being under all the yellows and having all the wrecks. Um, so I got to see the exciting finish um, of the Daytona 500. But how about the story of this local guy? 
um, from Delville, Indiana. Have you heard about that? No, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was the winner of that boat, by the way. So driving a Kroger Chevy Cottonelle car. There's um, a gentleman. Let me find this real quick. Um, from Daleville, Indiana. Um, let's see if I can find this. Uh, I can't see this guy's name. I can't remember his name. Why, why can't I do this? Um, Van something. The local local guy. Doing short, doing short track races at Anderson Speedway and whatnot, he won the the 200 race at Daytona. His first time ever. Oh wow! Um, That's awesome. You see a lot of those new drivers come up from um, places like uh, Anderson Speedway. You know, we were talking about Delco and Guy Lamp. My grandpa worked at Guy Lamp too, right across from the Speedway. And uh, we can remember going and seeing him during lunch, and the races would be going on, uh, going on. It was kind of cool as a little kid. But that's when it was, the races were uh, thriving, packed, full to the the rafters. Yeah. So um, this guy, Greg Van Off, Burns Concrete, CV Fabricating, and Sam Pierce Chevrolet. So this guy. Which was if you if you're on social media locally, um, a lot of people know this guy. Um, like he owns a, a fence company, evidently. Um, and he's from Delville, Indiana, so he's like around the corner from me. And he won the Daytona two hundred at the Daytona at the D- Daytona International Speedway yesterday. Big win by a small town guy who races um, these short tracks, you know, and um, <laughs> he is on the on the ARCA series. So, I mean, you might see this guy getting picked up and doing something else. That'd be awesome. You know, and I'm sure that guy came with one car, you know. It's not yeah, like yeah. It's not like he had, uh, you know, I want, you know, not as many engines as other other guys, right? Well, a lot of guys that raced the, those little speedways, Mark Martin, uh, Tony Stewart, uh, uh, Earnhardt Jr. They've raced those those little tracks too. So you never know when the next rising star is gonna but pop I think, up. I think he's like forty one or something. Oh, it is, yeah. he's forty one, yeah. so he's midlife crisis racing. Yeah, you know. Wow. I mean, it was a big deal. I think it was a really big deal for um, you know. There's probably, but but evidently, he's got a fantastic team around. Yeah, you know, you're not you're not doing that by by uh, luck. Oh no, that's big money in those cars. You know, I mean, g- big mo- quality quality workers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're they're not they're not. There's no way this guy's competing up against Penske's and, and shit. It's just not happening, you know. So his quality of his team is superior. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, you know. So um, congratulations to him, Indiana guy. You know, this it was the seventy. 70- Fifth year of the Daytona 500, and they were showing some of the history on it, and they were showing when they first started racing on the beach, um, before the 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 actual raceway was built. But that's another thing. Why I was watching yesterday was seeing, you know, even for 75 years, they were showing the different on auto manufacturers how big of a part they play in racing. You know, and I mean, it's every single shot you see. Uh, Toyota, Chevy, Ford, 
um, you know, and I remember when Toyota was never even in the mix of, of racing. You know, it was the big Chevy, Ford. Well, in, in the height of NASCAR, um, you know, with Earnhardt and Gordon, and when it was, when it was really becoming mainstream um, and more people following it and whatnot, you know, it was funny because my dad worked for General Motors. And by God, I was not going to, how can you cheer for a guy that drives a Ford? Mm, yeah. You know, no, you know, I deal, do, I, I'm for the Chevy driver. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> and took it personally. And, yeah. You know, so um, I, I do miss that. That I, I do not follow, um, and, and which was funny, I knew, I knew Kurt Busch's name. But I was, and my wife, Janelle, she said the same thing. She's like, I don't know who any of these drivers are. Right. You know, Jimmy Johnson, he won. Um, no, I know Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, he won six six championships in NASCAR, and he was originally forty eight, and he's recently made his comeback, and now he's eighty four. So he reversed his numbers, which is something. And in, in a little bit of history, number eighty four has never won a championship in NASCAR racing history. So that could be a, a record breaker if he would. Uh, win one which which is possible and by all means i'm not a huge race car guy either you know i i uh i think i look i turn it on as background noise most of the time and you know i, I think i like indy car a little bit better but you know just with us talking about this you know i was thinking about you know then they were talking about how the manufacturers come into drivers meetings talking about how their clans need to stay together so if you're racing an, another Chevy guy then and he's not on your team, but you need to take care of him as, as being a Chevy. And then uh, I remember the announcers, Tony Stewart was one of them. He's like, you know, some of that goes on, but when you're in the heat of the moment, he's like, fuck that. You got to go balls <laughs> to the wall. You know, he's, that's, Smoke. You know, that's uh, you, you do as much as they say, but it's interesting that they, they're even saying that. You know, they want to look you know, dominant as a, a racing team. As a brand. Yeah, as a brand. Yeah. So, like I said, every shot you see, they're showing the front of those cars. They're showing the the Camry was really prevalent because they were running top four at one time, and then the Chevys were right there. So, you know, it, it kept showing, it, making sure you noticed the name on the car. Well, and then the whole Travis Pastrana um, car and him making the, the 500. And what an unbelievable accomplishment that is by anybody. Um, this guy coming from, you know, motocross and the brand he's built and how he's shown what kind of real, you know, driver's driver he is. And uh, I saw an interview with some other, like, some of these, these current NASCAR drivers and they all were the same. They were like, listen, if there's anybody that we feel comfortable going up against in this environment, driving that car that fast, it's Travis Pastrana. Yeah, you know he's he he clearly knows what he's doing, and he did all the stunts right on the the, yeah, the bikes. He's nitro so. he's nitro circus. Yeah, so. you know that's what he all started. But then he did he's done a bunch of stuff with um, Ken Block, um, God rest his soul. Um, that's that's an episode in itself about him. Um, but a lot of um, you know those all wheel drive, Pikes Peak. Um, I, I don't even know what that genre of, of our class is technically called, you know, a lot of drifting and whatnot, but th those cars are way more than that. Yeah. Um, those Subaru, they're jumping ramps and, 
you know, all kinds of stuff, you know. That's where I kind of, Travis Pastrana to me, from doing the first backflip on a motocross, on a motocross bike. Yeah. You know, Nitro Circus, his show at his house, you know, that, but he made the Daytona 500 in his debut. Even though he was crazy, you know, safety was probably the, you know, he practiced those over and over and over again, so. You know that's uh, that's why they trust him out there on the track going 220 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't know how, how do fast do they go? 220, and uh, and when they were on the beach, they were going 55 miles an hour. On, <laughs> on the, they made a point of that. And so a lot of de deaths on that beach. Yep, a so lot of rollovers and. So from 55 miles an hour to 222 miles an hour, that's a huge jump. You know, over 75 years, you'd say. Wow. Wow. Well. Racing coming, the 500's coming to Indianapolis again soon. Um, month of May coming. That'll be something we'll talk about. Um, but real quick, I want to talk about who we got coming up. We got um, Wednesday in the house. We're going to have uh, Pete Balderas is going to visit us. And Pete is a local um, car guy, sales manager um, in the mix. And going to bring his take. Um, we got a couple more. We got a finance secret finance guest that we're going to bring into the mix that's going to um, talk about his side of the business um, and uh, tell us some secrets I think I hear. Might be some secrets involved. Juicy. I'm trying to get Andrew Yaden on yes, the show. Yes, we need him. Um, Yaden's Auto Sales. Yaden's Auto Sales. If you haven't heard of Andrew Yaden, uh, look him up on social media and his style of marketing. Because I'm gonna put him in, uh, I'm gonna put him in our marketing segment. We're gonna do an episode on marketing, where it's at, where it's going, what kind of what works for people, what doesn't work for others. He caught both of our eyes, I think, because he is the the epitome of what every car salesman wants to say about a car, what he thinks about a, a walk around at a dealership. He does the perfect walk around, saying the same things that we all want to say, and he does it in a brilliant way, and that's why I hope we can uh, get him on there and kind of go over, you know, his thinking and what, what got him started doing this. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant, really, and he's got like a half a million followers um, on TikTok, and th th they're, they're hilarious. And we're gonna and he, the way he talks, go check him out, because he's going to talk just like that. Exactly. So, um, well, hey. That we kind of threw this together. Yeah, not bad. We President's were, Day. It was not our best show. I already know. Like, I'm going to get some complaints. I'm going to get some text messages. Um, Pete reached out and was like, "Man, you, you're not very loud. It was louder um, the other." And I'm like, "I didn't change anything." We'll have to get with it. I didn't change anything, but we shall um, see if it gets better. I want Pete to shoot me a text and let me know. Um, but this is. The third installment of the Carjacks. Brought to you by Car Snoop, straight out of Car Snoop Studios here on 96 in Masters Road. Yeah, we did the math this morning. It's like 103 floors. Elevator gets higher and higher every day. <laughs> on the 103rd floor of the Car Snoop Studios, up here with the Spy Balloons. We appreciate you listening, and it's going to get better and better, and I'll eventually all my buttons are work. I tried to give the applause for uh, Jimmy Carter, and I couldn't give him any applause. Nah, he'll give it somewhere in the place. So thanks for listening. Bye. See you. Bye-bye.